Spider-Man impressions. But does it make you really feel like Spider-Man? Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast, and this is our impressions for the Spider-Man game that just released from Insomniac on PS4. So, does it make you feel like Spider-Man? It really makes me feel like Spider-Man. How does that make you feel? Feel <laughs> like Batman. It makes me feel. Makes like me feel Batman. like Spider-Man was Batman all along. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, kind of. Yeah. Yep. Very, very Arkham-esque, but also it also pays really good. Uh, homage to its PS2 and Xbox and GameCube Spider-Man 2 game. Like, people keep comparing it to Arkham, but in reality, it's kind of on par with those, like, in terms of combat. Oh, actually, no, but... No, it was. I'll get a little more into it. A little, little button mashy with some dodge, uh, you know. Okay, you played Amazing Spider-Man, so this is going to be our very first thing, and then we'll get into the actual breakdown. So, I mean, yes, I'm with you. I think it's, first of all, clear to say that this is the best Spider-Man game ever made. And I right. don't think that that's any kind of Not stress the best or hyperbole or anything. Game. I went in coming out thinking it was the best superhero game ever made. Don't think it's the best superhero game ever made. Nope. I still think Arkham City and Arkham Knight compared to the compared to this take that throne. I think we both have our fair share of problems with the game. Uh, mainly, but okay, the problems are only so noticeable because the rest of the game is so good. Yeah, I will. I will say that it is. It's a very important thing to say. But uh, what I was going to get into real quick when you're saying that people want to compare it to, uh, did you just ruin your? I just ruined my chapstick. Go on. Uh, I think that. As a baseline of where it's paying homage to, it's really just taking along because I know that you played the Amazing Spider-Man series, right? At least the second one. I don't know that you played Two. the first. No, I did not play the um, first. It's the, so the point of Amazing Spider-Man one, and then uh, by extension two, was pay, taking the Arkham style and uh, implanting it into the Spider-Man story setup. Right. So when you think about that, realistically speaking. This is like a very highly polished with a lot more time to work on because, you know, traditionally Spider-Man games are made within about a year. Year, yeah. Um, and they're always made with uh, lower budgets and given to, typically it was always Beanox, uh, yeah. who now assists with Call of Duty development. Exactly. Um, so Activision lost the uh, license for Spider-Man games. That's where we, get, we are, where we are now. This is obviously the biggest difference you will see. And the reason it's the best game is because it was given time and care by a bunch of people who wanted to see it succeed. That does not mean that Beanox could not have done this with as much time and budget as Insomniac received, uh, and support from Sony and Marvel, both, uh, in doing what they want to do. Uh, but this is a clear example of where giving a game real, true, triple A time and effort, uh, and giving it to a studio who really knows what they're, who who has a clear idea of what they want to do and have a long history of doing great games, can really pay off. So that's a, it's kind of like the starting foundation. But this is really like a hyper realized, very polished, long, well thought out, amazing Spider Man step up. Uh, and, and as a basic. So if you play the Amazing Spider-Man series, you kind of know what you're going to get in a lot of ways here, but you're getting it at a much higher level than you've ever seen from See, either I, of that series. I, I would almost go and say it's the same thing with Spider-Man 2. Like, it's... it's Spider-Man 2 and 3, the combat never felt like this to me. This is very, very much going off of the Arkham maybe I'm style. Just but remember it wrong because it's will been, say, you know, 15 years or however long. Maybe, but we'll go ahead and start with our setup. So the first thing we're going to cover is story, and I think the story is the, the part... That is one of the most interesting. It's where the most of my problems actually come into. Of course, yeah. And it's not because of the story itself. So no. I think me and Saul are in agreement, agreeance on this in particular. 
The story is interesting because it starts, I think, eight years into uh, Peter. Yeah, being he Spider-Man. was sixteen, and in the game, you actually he's twenty four. So I, unless I, unless it's six years, it was sixteen to twenty two. But I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure it's twenty four. Yeah, uh, or at least eight years, regardless. So you know, you're, he's been Spider Man for some time. He has a history with every one of these enemies. He's not the first time that he's seen these people. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the way that they work in, and this is the first time I've seen a Spider Man game truly focus on who Peter is as a character and spend time and effort setting up Peter's life and Peter's own things and not just the Spider-Man side of his story, which as much as I actually did enjoy the Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 games for what they were, 1 was far better than 2. They were too focused on Spider-Man and trying to fit a bunch of characters into one thing. This game does fit a bunch of characters in from a story perspective, but what it's mainly trying to do is, is set up enough stuff to where you care about the characters, which was never given any kind of precedence or any kind of importance in the other games that you've seen. They don't care about who Peter is, which is part of the strength about who Spider-Man is. It's a very big tie-in. Um, but I'd say, Saul, story-wise, we're, I'm going to start with problems. Yeah, go ahead. Because well, no, well, the, the best way to word it is the story is great. It is, but, but there are some major flaws to it. But the reason that those flaws don't even really have anything to do with the story itself. Except for one of them, to me. Except for one flaw that I have. Okay, and it's, is this going to be covered in the spoiler section? Uh, yeah, yeah. We haven't mentioned it yet, but we will make sure there's a clear line drawn where there will, will and will not be spoilers. I don't consider what I'm about to say a spoiler uh, by any means because we've all seen trailers. This character has been shown off before. It's Mister Negative. Um, I'm, there's too much of him. Time, yes. yes. Okay, I will give you that. Way too much time spent on him uh, when there is way more interesting villains in this game. Sure, sure. Um, so that's that's my major major flaw with the story. Okay, so we'll, so we'll start with the we'll start with the positive for the most part. That's its flaw. I, th- I will say, uh, like we said, great focus on on who Peter, Peter Parker is, is yeah. and the dynamic between who Peter is and how he tries to control his life while also trying to balance being Spider Man. You get to see that in a lot of things. You get to see him kind of struggle, and you get to see him be a normal human despite the fact that he's superhuman it creates like a nice dichotomy between the two yeah spider-man is like you know when he when he is spider-man it's like almost a different setup people don't see him but then when you see him as peter and you see the fact that he doesn't have a lot of money and he's you know uh he, he's behind on rent and bills and stuff like that that's not again it's not, i wouldn't consider that spoiler this is first hour, of hour the game. yeah uh, but these are things where you're looking at it and you're it's obvious that he is despite being peter parker as we know and being a genius and, ha- and having a lot of you know he's a very smart kid a very smart dude Technically, he's he's slightly younger than I am in the game, but I'm not gonna say kid. But he's he's obviously a smart guy, but he's falling on hard times because he's he's a good person. It's basically the the thing, but he's not. It's it, almost that always that Spider-Man trope we've always come to know when it comes to Peter Parker. Yes, where Peter Parker is the kind-hearted person. The the I wouldn't go as far to now in this game to say the nerd, but re, uh, you know retroactively, that's what he's always been. And he's always been the kind of person that you can kind of walk over. And that's kind of what you get to see with this Peter Parker. But with Spider-Man, it's almost like his alter ego where yeah, he yeah. is a little more jumpy and, and quippy. And you can kind of tell that him being Spider-Man for eight years, you can kind of see those personalities meld together a little bit that work well. And sure. I think that sure. MJ and um, Aunt May, I think that those characters help bring that out pretty well as in terms of the narrative of the story. I sure. think that it shows you... Like, and I like that they spend time Yuri. on that. Yeah, and Yuri. Yuri yes. is the, the cop Yuri that you uh, you only ever get to see a couple times personally, but you're mainly with her with the comms. Uh, she's like really good in terms of like uh, almost co- uh, like leads into comedy relief. I'm not gonna say she is the comedy relief, but it helps you lead Spider-Man into comedy relief. Sure, and which is a which is one of the great things that Spider-Man can do in contrast to other things is that the nature of the world and Spider-Man's 
personality in comparison to some other superheroes. Like in this case, uh, Arkham Batman, you wouldn't expect comedic relief from. The exactly. comedic relief in Batman's almost even, I don't remember one clear point of it, but they could have done it by his stoicness. But you have it in this due to the somewhat silly nature of Spider-Man. Yeah, the familiar nature of Spider-Man and Peter Parker that uh, pretty much everybody knows. The uh, I will say the story, though, in terms of, Overall, is pretty good. It's not something you would have typically seen from a movie or a comic, but it is told very well through the game. It's told um, well. It's acted well. It is acted well, yeah. It's cast well. Everybody's cast very well. The way that everything goes over is, is great. Um, the story, and this is not a downside, but technically it is by a slight thing. The story does what most of the superhero movies do, where at some point, if you're even mildly perceptive, you can you understand completely. You can, how it's gonna you can go. guess what's going to yeah. happen, but they do such a good job of getting you to that point that you don't care. Yeah, that you guessed it. You can yeah you, within like two hours of the game, you pretty much can guess. You pretty much will guess what's going to happen because it's it just makes sense. But I will say there is an element of another character that is in the game as well that I'm not going to say now. I will say in the spoiler who this is, but there is another element of a character that you're kind of like, wow, is he like? is he going to end up being who he normally is in the comics or is he not going to do anything? It's completely, it kind of leaves you guessing up until the end. And, and that's that, it's the, an interesting dynamic. I agree with you. That's the, that's the help. So yeah. you definitely have a thing where like, I definitely know where this is going, but there is in the back of my mind, there's always a chance they could really try and turn this on its head. Yeah. Now. And that's what I was kind of hoping for. And it didn't do, yeah. uh, but I, you know, we'll go into that in the spoilers for, sure. for more, for names and such. But so I would say stories told well, it looks great. And the biggest problem is we're going to go into problems and then we'll expand on what, why, you know, the problems are exactly what they are when we go into the spoiler talk. So if you're beating the game, uh, you may be able to, get a better understanding of why we feel this way, but the game has a problem with pacing. Uh, it's it's and to say just a problem is putting it lightly. The game has major, major issues with pacing. There is mm. times in which the gameplay, the traversal system is done so well that when it takes you out of it, it often takes you out into not even just cutscenes because it does happen every now and then with cutscenes where it's almost jarring where you're swinging and then all of a sudden you land, but when you land in the spot you're supposed to go to, it just cuts yeah. to a cutscene, and it's a little jarring. That's not a huge issue. Every now and then, the way the mission structure is set up within the story is that you'll get done with, say, a mission, and more often than not, it's a mission in which you just did something for, of course, the main story, and you're like, this is cool. I want to figure out more about what's going on. I want to see more of him. I want to see you know, what's up with her. I want to go over here and do this. I, I, I want to get through the story because it's being told so well. But then... You know, you're left perching on the top after the mission's done, and then Peter Parker will say to himself, like, oh, I guess it's time to work on my abilities, or time to go find backpacks, or Yuri will say, I'll call you back, or MJ yeah. will say, I'll call you back. Mm -hmm. You're left then to kind of artificially waste time, which the game is kind of forcing you into exploring, which is not a problem, but it's just the way of how it's done. Because you can literally just sit on that perch rooftop for five minutes, and they'll call you back saying, oh, this is where you need to go. Yes. And to me, from going from the how how well the game works, you go from combat. Combat, typically the way the mission structure works is you'll have a fight. The fight will be led by a two- to four-minute cutscene, and then you're put on this rooftop to do nothing for five minutes. And it's really it, it, jarring. To do nothing, it, it, what it is, what it, what he means by that, just to, so you say. You're not getting to act on what you want to see in the story. You don't get to, you can't control after the end of that cutscene to go on to the next story mission. Yeah, you are, you have you to are wait. forced to wait. And it's the biggest problem that the game has because uh, to compare it to another exclusive, this generation, I don't want to go too far into that, but uh, God of War 
And the, the main reason I bring this up is I've seen a lot of people consider this game a game of the year contender, and I personally can't put it in that league. Yeah, uh, I was the, hoping it would be. But. The reason being is that because of the story, actually. It's, yeah. it's the biggest reason, uh, and it's because of the pacing. Basically, what happened with God of War is that you have the mystery at the beginning, and then you have a gradual pace that continuously goes up. Up, yep. Now, there's a couple times where you think something big's going to happen, and it kind of pour, but it always keeps a sense of mystery, and you're always doing something new that's in service of the story. Whereas in Spider-Man, the biggest problem you have is that every time that the game feels like it's about to start picking up some form of a real pace, it slams to a halt by either one, making you forcing you basically to either sit there and waste time until they call you back or just swing around the city because it's trying to force you to do we get it's an open world yeah and and that's how it kind of works but the problem with that is is that the way i played the game in between stuff whenever i was in a point where i felt like i could break away without feeling like it would not so like the way you know you go through a story in your head is like well i don't feel like there's a sense of urgency here so i'm gonna go screw around because i I want to sometimes you do though but when the sense of urgency is there the game still doesn't let you continue and instead it's like well go screw around the city for a couple minutes and the problem with that is that i can screw around the city on my own time and i've already done that yeah and when I already spent a lot of time doing that, and then I come back to one story mission, and it lasts about 10 minutes, and then it's telling me to go screw around some more, exactly. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I've already done that. I spent an hour doing that. that. I want to keep this train rolling. I want to learn about this next thing that we just kind of hinted at. What yep. is it? What can I go do? That's Who, my how biggest is problem. Roll forward? Now, the other way that it has pacing issues, and I understand what they were trying to do, uh, this ties into story as well, uh, is... They want to. They want you to learn about these different characters. So part of the way that they do that, and I don't think this is a spoiler by any standard. You and they actually, I know it's not spoiler because they've talked about it in different uh, things. That you are sometimes put in the shoes of both MJ and Miles. Right. All right. The Miles is far better because of the way they chose to utilize. Him. I disagree. Really? Yeah, I think that. I think that. Well, it's less often as the other side. That is true, but they're both. They're both bad I, for pacing. Yeah, either they're way. both they're both really badly done stale segments. First of all, that's that's all they ever are. Except there's one really really good MJ one when, when you're in the when you're in a spot and there's something I, think I know which one you're talking. Yeah, about. It, it's completely it is different than. But all it's the also because dynamic and you're working. Yes, I will go on to that one in spoilers if we have to. But sure. I think that people can pick that up on which one is the best. It's towards the end of the game, uh, but the rest of them are just boring. And there's one specifically. That your MJ, actually, you know what? As a matter of fact, I will say because of this one, as you as you, of you controlling MJ makes MJ the worst, and it is the one in which you are having to explore something to find something to get into something. Very late game. Oh yes, where you have to go through multiple rooms in one location to find something to get into another door. Yes, that one specifically is by far the worst mission in the entire game because not only are you left to explore this really. Almost not like I'm not gonna say boring, but you're left to explore this really varied location to find clues. And there's so much stuff that you have to pick up and look through that does not involve what you're doing is a big waste of time. That mission took me 30 minutes, and it should take it should have taken five. Again, halting every bit of interest you had, and part of it, and it, they're doing it in the name of gameplay by trying to give you a reason to break up gameplay. Uh, but it it doesn't pay off. It doesn't pan out by any standard to me. It's a it. What it does serve to do for the story's benefit is get you more involved with the characters, but I never felt like they could have not just done it in a different way. So, like, one of the big ones that happens early on, you see a hat. Okay, like, the very first one you do with MJ is not bad because the, the story hasn't picked up pace yet. 
right? It's not. It's I think so, oh, the first one you do is MJ. Um, Never mind. Yeah, that one's actually the that one's pretty good. Not not bad, right? No, because you're and actually it makes a little more sense. The pacing is based. The pacing of the story hasn't picked up to the point where this feels like it's well, dropping. Well, I think it's I think it's one of the first and only ones of those in the early game in which it actually involves with the plot. Yeah. Because and like that one's well, still... definitely actually the fact that there's a story one that ends up going toward the side mission is a huge waste of time. Yeah, and, but I'm, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. Too. Unfortunately, um, but yeah, like that one, the specific that first one, I will say though, and this this can be argued really well in my opinion is that that could have been done with a cutscene. Hey, I'm glad it's not, but like it a majority of these, but could I'm be okay done. with that one. Now, the one that definitely could have been done with a cutscene, though, I do I think as a whole it should have been removed is the one where you go towards. You have to go through this entire section, which is only for a side quest. And they, they sit, they, so you get, it's. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's a huge waste of time. No, it is. Yeah. It's, it's literally there for something that only ends up coming to fruition in a side quest in the game. It doesn't matter to the main story. It never comes back in and ties into the main story. It's a waste of time. I remember you texted me and about it. it's an MJ it. section. And it's. It the, doesn't even like, it doesn't even provide you any real info for the main Context story Context or anything yeah. for, for the main story. It's a complete waste of time. It's just somebody shows up and you're like, why is he in this game? And then it ends and you're like, why was he in this game? Yep. And then by the time you get to the side mm-hmm. mission that you, because I beat, I found the side mission after I beat the game. Like I went to Same. the missions and it was hidden in there and I'm like, oh, I forgot that was even a thing. And I laughed out loud when Brett texted me and he was like, why is he in this game? And I just laughed and I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they're thinking. They put like this, anyways um, but yeah in terms of like story I think that we both can agree that it's a good story just told very sloppily in most places yes I would say the biggest thing to do is trim the fat yeah and there's a lot of fat and like so Saul actually he he mentioned the perfect one there's one there's a couple of story missions in the game where literally to progress the story you have to swing somewhere that's like five minutes away and then when you get there, you watch a two-minute cutscene, and then you're back to having to screw around for five minutes till you figure out where you need to yep. go. Then you got to go somewhere that's swinging five minutes away. Not to say the traversal, and this is kind of where we can segue into gameplay. Yeah, because the traversal is is the best thing in the game. But even and though it, the even though the traversal's there, uh, sorry, Saul, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's just it, it's the traversal. It makes the game honestly like if this game had a bad traversal system, I don't know where this game would be sitting right now. Like. The combat system is pretty decent, but it's also pretty standard and common, and it's pretty well known. Uh, but the traversal system, without how fluid that game is with this traversal system, like this game probably be sitting at a lot of six and sevens easily mm-hmm. because of how like the rest of it. Flows. I can agree with that. I will say that, like at least in my opinion, because the I, I, I see a lot of people talk about the game and they don't point out the pacing issues. Maybe they maybe just they, they just don't notice it, or maybe it's just that they don't realize what pacing issues or pacing is. And it's kind of one of those things that it's hard to kind of realize that, oh, well, you know, what, you know, what it actually affects the story for. It's not. Or what it should affect What the it comes down for. to. So some people don't even. So, yeah, pacing is a weird thing. Not everybody would understand that. I think when you say pacing, most people would pick up on what you are trying to say. But basically, the game, the story doesn't always respect your time. No. That's basically the best way to word it. Um, now, when you're going into other things, I think it's, we can quickly cover. The story tries to utilize a bunch of uh, a bunch of lower characters. Some of them you're going to know just because of the movies as weird side characters, like you saw in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Uh, we're not going to. You saw the Sinister Six trailer, so it's not crazy to talk about the fact that it's Electro and Rhino. These are characters that have been talked about big before, but there's also a lot of smaller characters they try and put into the game. Yeah. Uh, one of which is Mister Negative, which they spend again far too much time on. Uh, basically, the game. It gets to this point where it's at the point where you're like, okay, is this where they're going? And this is where the the meat of the game is going to be. And then and it ends. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it, it's it, very quick. It, it goes is. through the last bits far too quickly, and we'll cover that more in the spoiler section if you beat the I, game. I will say that the pacing up till there was was mediocre to say, but like if the game was what that two hours of that game was, like if, if the two hours from when that event happened, that that's I'm just the gonna, only point that the pace it, kept. I was going to say, yeah, I'll say it this way. Like if you've seen the 2003 or 2003, 2018 E3 trailer of the prison scene, I'm talking about that. From there, for like a two hours, if the game was that, this game would be game of the year contender easily because if, if it flowed that way. Yeah. Because the amount of stuff within that two hours was so fun and and just almost perfectly executed. And it was the only time where the game wasn't like making you sit around. You're, yeah. You're almost constantly going to the next spot. And it's spot, sad because, and this, is, and this is, I'll expand on this more in spoilers if I have to, but it's sad that when you encounter these characters, and you are pursuing these characters in this scene, it is better than the boss fight that includes these characters. The boss fights for these characters are terrible, except one. I say two, technically. They're wasted potential. The final boss and then Mr. Negative's boss fight are really cool. The rest, where they're, no, I'm not going to say that far, but the rest are just bad. They're not fun. They're not bad, but they're not good. They don't feel, they're they don't feel elevated. Yeah, like they don't feel like I'm, like, aside from Spidey's clips. So I guess we'll go to gameplay now. Yeah, well, we've been in gameplay. A little bit, but Yeah. yeah. We've been in gameplay since we talked about traversal, but yeah. So like the, the the everybody knows the combat system. If you played Arkham, it's very similar. It's uh, you you press square a certain amount of times until you have to press circle to dodge, and then you could throw in combos in there. You could throw in gadgets. Uh, gadgets. You could throw in a couple of different things to kind of make it your own, which the game does really well. Yeah, I was gonna say so combat wise. If we're talking about that, because I want to get back to traversal. Uh, combat wise, the game is fun, but the biggest problem that the game has in the combat space is that. You can very easily, and a lot of games can do this. The same argument exists for Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, you can go through the entire game just... Bare bones. Just mashing square and then hitting circle when yep. necessary. And that's you can technically get through the game that way. Um, now, is it more fun to rely on different gadgets and trying to figure out how you can do it? Yes, and that's what I did. I really tried utilizing gadgets as much as possible. I didn't have as much of a problem as Saul did on the fact that and it happens. It's not a problem with in terms of difficulty for you, but annoyance in the fact that the game does not have enough character variety. Pretty much, there's, yeah. a, there's a bunch of different factions, but they all feature the same thing: normal people, people who have a weapon, people who that have for shields. some reason you can't knock down, people with shields, and then big people that you can't do anything. With. So it creates this thing where you're constantly just having to do the one thing that's needed. And, it create, and Saul was like. His problem with it was that there was a back and forth problem where you're just kind of waiting on certain certain times. Yeah. You're fighting and just waiting for the opening to just go in and do there's that a, one yeah. Thing. There's a certain enemy that has a sword, and that's not really a spoiler of any kind because all all the factions have the same enemy uh, where you cannot attack until he is attacked. Well, the problem with that is is that while you're waiting on that one enemy to attack, other like five other enemies are attacking you. So when it comes down to a, a for you to finally attack the sword enemy, you may not be able to because you may be too far away from dodging the other enemies. You could be preoccupied in a combo with these other enemies. It, it It's a weird, like, like wait-and-see kind of game with those enemies. And I'll say that it's not always like that. It's just late, late gadgets help. Yeah, they do. They really late do. Yeah. Um, I will say that it's not every instance isn't like that. Once you know what enemies you need to kill first, that's kind of the enemies you go to first. And like it, it's very rare that after you learn the flow of the game that this becomes an issue. Once you learn the flow, once you learn what enemies to take out when, how to take them out, once you start using the L1, R1 pressing and throwing objects back at them and stuff, it becomes much easier and much fluid compared to what it was. But it is a very... I'm not going to say steep learning curve, but it's just the way that they throw these enemies at you that kind of gives 
you a wall that you have to get over because they're not just going to throw these guys at you with the same number of enemies. They're going to slowly work in more and more to, to get you used to the difficulty. Sure. So that's where it becomes a, a, a slower pace. But then when you're through with that, once you have later game gadgets and such, and I'm talking about the back end 10 hours, like because these enemies are introduced roughly five or six hours in the game. You have four or five hours t- to deal with these enemies in a slow, monotonous way in a way. To me. Before you have the ability, and the game doesn't give them to you, you have to go in and find them and unlock them yourself. Yeah. Uh, you get ways that are easier to deal with them. I'll give them that. I will say the way that the game works it out, it does do a good, uh, it does do a good challenge curve where you constantly feel like you're going on the up and like the game is trying to be mindful of teaching you to get a little bit better at what you're doing. I think that, yeah, that was done really well. I think that as you play, the better you get, the more and more you feel like Spider-Man. Yeah. But the last bit of, of gameplay that I want to cover is one traversal. Yeah. Uh, and I want to say traversal is very fun. Oh, it's the best part about the game. It's, it, and it is it really is the best part about the game. But at the same token, I feel like there's more that can be done in a future thing because it doesn't feel... Again, it just feels like a refined version of what we got in Amazing Spider-Man 1. Um so Amazing Spider-Man 2 took it to it's, it's almost like a mixture and then just brought up some. So Amazing Spider-Man 2 that. mean that you you had to lock you had to have your web hit on something, which we've found a couple times in this game isn't quite true. It just kind of sticks to midair. But they'll do it in in ways where it's you wouldn't notice it unless you unless, went out of your way. Well, yeah, like the it happened to me once where I was swinging and I only because I turned the camera back to look behind me did I realize it was stuck on nothing. And you can only like once out of every seven or eight web swings up in the air when you're not around anything, will that happen? Other times it won't work or it'll just have you fall sure. till you can, but do still it. it's taking that same basic idea of web zips where, you know, you can, you can go on something and then jump off. You saw that amazing Spider-Man one. It's taking every idea we've already seen done from other open world Spider-Man games and just bringing them up to a better caliber. Um, so it felt a little too reminiscent. If you've played other Spider-Man games, uh, which I get because you are Spider-Man, you're, you're, your traversal system is going to have to be based around. It has that. to be good. Like uh, that's the th- of course, and it's got to be based around something you've already seen existing. Otherwise, those other games wouldn't have worked at all. Now, don't get me wrong. There are games from Spider-Man that have bad traversal systems, but they're not normally open world. Normally, the open world ones have got the PS- very serviceable traversal. Systems. Yeah, I'll say a PS One Spider-Man game was a good example of that. Sure, and of course, Spider-Man Two is uh, like you said on the PS Two and GameCube. It's like the everybody shining the example. Yeah, prior the to that. granddad of Spider-Man um, games. I would say that it's amazing. Spider-Man One did a great job with it. It felt really well. The only thing that having it be latched onto a physical surface was a, was a nice addition. Yeah. Um, so there's that, but I, if we're comparing it to other superhero games, it falls a little flat after a while that the, the, the shine and the sparkle of, of how fun it is. Wears off just a little bit, just a little it bit does. enough to where you feel like, okay, well I've played other games where the, like, and I, I will say the same of Batman. You start to get to a point where it's like, well, I understand this a little too well. And now it's kind of lost that glimmer. And that it, so now I'm, I'm doing it, and it's fun, and it's serviceable, and it makes getting to to and from different areas fun. But there's other games that have done it so much better, primarily because of the nature of what they were able to do. So like my going into this, like Saul said, you kind of hope that this was going to be the best Spider-Man or the best superhero game, but it's an unfair thing to ask of it, considering that the other games that we're comparing it to were were series, and we get to see them do this over things. So I would say I that, still think that City is better than a game than this. But City's not the first. Right, but I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. I see where you're coming from, saying that they had chance Arca- to improve upon oh, so, so if you because look at, of Asylum. Sure, but if you look at if you look at Spider-Man versus Asylum, Asylum's a great game, and I love it. 
uh, but it was very small in scope. It was. Because it was the first to try it. Like, well, what do we do with a good licensed spy, uh, a Batman game? This is what we did. This game is almost coming in at the, at the level of what City was att- attempting to do, which was go large scale with it, but they're doing it on their first attempt. By all means, this game does a really good job of being a great... It's probably the best first example because like okay i love infamous right and where i was going with it is that the traversal in infamous second son even though the story is very leaves a lot to be wanted from second story uh the traversal was so fun and perfect because you had not only the smoke powers and you could kind of they, they found cool ways like okay we'd go through a vent here and then shoot down on top of the building and yeah. then you could switch to neon and then run and do the traversal was more varied and more fun and basically you know you look at this, and my rule of thumb across this whole thing is that from everything except for story in the gameplay segment, this leaves me wanting in ways that Second Son fulfilled. Uh, and that's in not only the combat, because I think the combat was better done in, in Second Son, um, and, and a little more varied, but partially because of the power differences, and that's a, a nature of Spider-Man. Spider-Man's not going to get other powers. It just can't. Right. Uh, I get that. But from a gameplay perspective, you do just wish they found some weird way, and that may be a limitation of the character in the world itself, to make the trans, you know, to make it a little bit better. The other side of it is that like combat is a little more broad repetitive? between them. It, it's, it's repetitive in Spider-Man to an extent. And it gets okay, but the boss fights eventually, and I will say this, Second Son doesn't necessarily have boss fights. Boss fights in the same yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I, uh, besides, except for at the very end. Uh, and the Infamous series as a whole doesn't have that. It's more of a series of really fun things where you're going to get more characters. Um, but the gameplay left me a little bit to, to be desired on both of those accounts. Where it's a great, great first example, and I'm not even going to really take huge points away from them because Second Son's the third entry in a game. It, even Infamous Two is a little more more fun, but Infamous Two again was the second iteration of something. Um, and you get to do a lot. So I'm hoping that whatever game they do next, I'm assuming that Insomniac will be working on a, a sequel uh, for story reasons. I think it's obvious that they set it up for that. And, of course, the game is doing fantastic. Of course, um, yeah. And, I, I mean, I get for a good so reason. So I hope they get to improve on yeah. it. That's not really hating on the game. The game did great. And in the story department and in the yeah, the story department's only disappointing because, like, like I said, the how good the game is around. The story is so great. The gameplay is great and fun. So when the story starts to slog down, it's like, oh... Um, but I guess we can kind of use that. Saul, do you have anything else you want to talk about on gameplay side? No, no. I think you, we pretty much hit everything that needed to be hit. You know, sure. aside from some somewhat very at the very end, somewhat repetitive uh, combat, but it's still fun Ex- at the same time. Exactly. The same kind of goes for the swing. I'm just hoping really that we can fun. get what, what's the evolution. That's, yeah. I guess that's the biggest thing is on its own, fun, not without issue. And where the, does it go and next? The, and the spider suit powers actually help out a lot with that too. Yes. So being yeah. so varied. So we could go on to the visuals next, which I think that's this is going to be pretty short and sweet as well as the next section is that the game is visually stunning. Uh, so obviously I, beautiful. There's I a was, couple. Yeah, I was playing on 1080p uh, TV. He was playing on 4K. Uh, and it just looks great on my end. Like, without a doubt, this is one of the best looking uh, PlayStation games there is. Uh, in terms of this wide scope that it is. Sure. So the HDR on it really does a lot with the way that they, they utilize New York. Uh, and I'm going to p- kind of put visuals into the... I, I feel like this is visuals, but I'll go there in a little bit. So the way New York works, it's all a bunch of... Or not all, but a lot of tall buildings. Uh, and the way that you get to see the sun whenever it does actually set is really interesting because you'll get it to... If it'll come out to the just the right spot and it kind of like blooms out on these other buildings... It's very stunning. Um, so we're going to call back to Second Sun for a second. Second Sun did the same thing at the beginning of the PlayStation 4 generation. It utilized light in really interesting ways. Uh, so visuals, though, 
in the way that the city go. And where I was talking about that is that New York, and I'm curious as to what you think about this, because you played Second Son some. Yeah, like four hours ago. Okay. So when you think about this, the, the biggest problem the city has, even though there's different districts and it's trying its hardest, the city just feels like a lot of tall buildings and then a couple of, of small areas and parks that all look very reminiscent of each other. Yeah, there's one district that uh, I think is Hell's Kitchen that actually is the most is distinct. Yeah, because of how dirty and dingy Hell's Kitchen is normally looks. Yes, yeah. and it's the only part of the game that really feels like it's a visual reprieve of a change-up because the rest of the city, you just get to this point where it's like... You, it's very monotonous. You, you would never... Similar- yeah, I was say, you would never how... know where you were if you didn't look at the map. I don't feel like maybe after a lot of time, but just like on, on a short time, if you're just playing through the game naturally, you're not going to be able to pick up on, oh, I've been here before. Like you may notice one thing, but for the most part, it feels very visually repetitive. Yeah. And that, some of that's just to, to the fault of New York and the fact that they had to limit it to Manhattan as a, a alone, whereas other parts of New York may have been able to help that. Uh, hard to say. Don't really know. The map is plenty big, but when you play Second Son, what they were able to do with Seattle is have these parts that are very big and very city-like, but then they have very foresty areas, and it's ways that because of the I guess because of, you know Seattle's in uh, Oregon, right? So or Washington, sorry, uh, near Oregon <laughs> at least. But when you're dealing with that, you think about it. It's like you have the ability to have some kind of, you know, New York's very tight and compact. And they do a lot to try and make New York look great. They pack it as much as they can with people and cars and try and make it feel as alive as they which can is, without very, overtaxing on the hardware. And it is very vibrant because of that. It is. It's very, it's very busy There's a lot the of people. Yeah. Uh, the, the traffic and everything works really good, too. So. My daughter's losing her mind. Yeah. Uh, absolutely crazy. Anyway, so, but when you think about what Second Son was doing, Second Son did the same thing, but were able to make more distinct feeling districts of what they were doing. Now, some of that is just the nature of the city that they chose to do. And again, Spider-Man's bound to New York because that's where he's from. Right. But I wish that there was, I don't know why, I wish there was something that they could have done to give me a little bit more of a visual stimulation. Different seasons. Yeah. Snow. And some of that comes into the, the way that the system, the weather system goes. The, it does not have a day and night cycle that I was able to find. Oh, it does. It only, but missions pushed it into different parts. If, no, I, no. if I just swing around for like literally three hours, the you weather can, would never change. You can me. go to research stations and change the time of day. Yeah, but I'm talking about naturally occurring. Oh, yeah. Now, that is really weird in which you'll be I swinging around like and that. then a cut scene will happen. That is the city, the sun rising or going down, and then it's daylight. And I hate that. That's weird. It's, I do it not just, like it at all. It doesn't all. make sense why a next-gen game does that. Like, the, 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 well, the problem is, okay, for the cut scene's purposes, I get it. They set the cut scene up to be set up in one particular time of the day. Or if it's something that's, okay, you're going to look at something that's happening at night. It has to be night. I get that. What I don't get is why when you're only swinging around. That's what I'm talking about. When yeah. you're swinging around, why does this stuff not happen naturally? Yeah. If I swing around for six hours, which is basically what you're doing in post-game cleanup for the Platinum, the weather doesn't change unless you go and change it yourself. You have to change. Well, you what can't time change the weather. Either. You don't change the weather, but you change the time of day. Yeah. It only rains in the game when the game wants it to rain, which because is of sad story because it needs to rain and thunderstorm more. See, so this this goes into how do you make the game more visually exciting and stimulating? You make it rain randomly because Seasons, the rain really yeah. did look different. And it was like, okay, this is especially the a new light stuff. on this city. Yeah. And it's like, so I'm getting to see it, and which is one thing that Infamous did do. It had a dynamic day and night cycle that it moved through on its own, and it would rain randomly on its own. Sometimes you'd just see puddles that were left over. Sometimes it'd be cloudy and kind of foggy. Sometimes it'd be like, oh, the sun's rising, and you get to see it through the sunrise, and now you get to see it through the sun. They did not, and again, this is something I hope a sequel is able to go on. 
I want to see the world change as I'm going through it, not just whenever I do a specific action. You're right. Like yeah. if I, I don't want to just have to go to a mission to change the thing. The only time the game really does, again, the game utilizes it to change the tone of the story and story missions. It doesn't do it throughout the course of normal gameplay, which is disappointing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Spider-Man 2 have dynamic daylight? I don't know. Honestly, I want to say it does, but because I, 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 I can't remember because I was it wouldn't have been that. dynamic weather either way. No, yeah, no. Um, but I guess that leads us to our last topic before the spoiler, and that would be the sound. Oh, excuse me, soundtrack. The soundtrack I think we can both agree on is absolutely phenomenal. It is a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, oh, oh, I, you didn't like the soundtrack? No, I agree, but it does what all superhero things do, right? All the soundtrack does is it hides it all the right spots. Now, of course, that that's smart. What do you mean? I don't. I wouldn't be able to. Okay, like I would never listen to the soundtrack without it being in the game. I mean, of course, yeah. It's a superhero soundtrack, though. Like exactly. I, I don't, I, exactly. I, I, I tend those I mean. to be different. Like the way the way I felt is that like in the opening act, you you know you watch the opening cutscene and then the transition, the music flares up. It felt like I was watching exactly. a Spider Man. Exactly. Movie. Exactly. It does, and that's what I'm saying. It hides itself when it needs to. But if you put a song on and like, hey, was this from that game? I wouldn't necessarily recognize it. Whereas other games that have very notable notable oh, soundtracks, well, I would. Yeah, it depends though, because there's a couple songs in this that I'd be able to pinpoint. Like, what is this from? Like that Spider Man. Like it, it sounds like a Spider Man song to an extent, but they all sound like superhero songs, and it starts to meld together. Maybe so. Part I'll of the say, problem with the soundtrack for you a little bit, but for me. It's a, like I, I'd be able to tell it's Spider Man for sure. Well, yeah, but would you know a Spider Man game, or would you know? Would you just be like, oh, it's I would just say Spider Man. Like I would know. I would not be able to just say that's a superhero song. I'd be like, that's Spider Man. Now I, I can agree with you on that. It made me feel like Spider Man. But that <laughs> I can agree with you on that. But I wouldn't necessarily be able to know that it was from the game. It's good. It does exactly what it's supposed to. It amplifies the moments that it needs to amplify, and then it kind of goes away at other times. But it's not something that I can remember, and it haunts me almost like it does from a game like Near or even God of War. God of War soundtrack was very good. Or even like as weird as this may sound to you, I started playing Hyperlight Drifter. I find myself kind of humming the little like the little tunes from the Hyperlight. Very, yeah, the very subtle tunes of Hyperlight. That's it. It's, it's, I mean, I, I, I like it for what it is because it's a thing that like I went into it knowing it's a superhero game. And then when the soundtrack actually, when the score began to to grow and, and get louder, I was like, this feels just as how I imagine it to feel in a movie. And it's that's, epic. yeah, it, it puts you in that moment. There's like, this is it. This is like, I'm playing, Sp- so I'm, I'm Spider-Man. It's a good soundtrack and in, in, in more in utilization than the songs themselves. The songs are fine and they do exactly what you're talking about. They make you in the moments that they need to, they make you go up. They're not super memorable, but I think the biggest thing I enjoy about the soundtrack is that it never overstays its welcome. It knows when to pull back and not be overly zealous and be in your face and obnoxious. So I'd say we're, we're talking soundtrack slash sound design at this point. The sound design in the game is fantastic. They know when to pull and when to push, um, and I love that. So there's a couple – I mean, I guess you could talk about sound design in general – Everybody's voice acting is done very well. Oh yeah, obviously everybody does a fantastic uh, job. The the combat fighting feels, sounds great. It, it it sounds perfect. What you'd want it to do. Things that need to feel weighty feel weighty. The the webs sound like they should. They found they sound like they're whipping through the air. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and not to mention that, but Yuri, the uh, the guy who's Peter Parker's voice, he actually recorded his lines differently depending on if he was Spider Man, if he was Peter Parker, and if he was swinging or not. Yeah. So and that which was which really is a cool well. cool aspect, and I could tell the difference between them, and that was course. a nice aspect. Yeah. So again, sound design is fantastic in this game, and it does lead to the parts where when the game is really at full blast, it's at full blast. I mean, yeah. I mean, when the game is when the game is great. It is great. It is fantastic. It's when it takes you out of that unexpectedly does you realize that there's, okay, there's some pacing for Yeah, it's here. just like Saul said. And then, so this is pretty much wrap up at this point before we move into spoiler. But it, if, I if had the to... whole game would have been able to be what the what the last part of the game is from a pacing standpoint and from gameplay, there's there's 
mistakes in there. There is, like you said, ruining like boss fights that aren't probably as good as they should have been. And the only nah. saving grace is that they were. And I don't want to go into this for spoiler reasons, but I kind of do. So we'll go into it in the, in the spoiler section so that I don't spoil anything for you. But they do they do something that I don't agree with, in almost a sense to try and rush through it. It feels like, and it the one upside is that it makes the boss fights a little more dynamic than they would have been otherwise. But. I feel that they should have just done more to make the boss fights feel okay on their own. The biggest thing is, oh, it's fine. The biggest thing for it comes down to a sequel can clean up all of this where they have a little more time to focus on these things that before it was like, well, we just got to get the game put together, have our engine going, know what we're doing from a gameplay thing. And then we'll iterate on it later. And maybe we can improve these areas. And that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And I agree. Like if I, like, if I have to uh, rate this game out of like, it'd be a solid eight. It's just a, the problems that I have with it are just the problems of the pacing and the slowdowns that happen. And, and that I feel like they've, some of these things have been done in other superhero games better. And that considering that this game is so inspired by so many games, like, man, there's certain parts of this games where if, if I wasn't web swinging and, and you just put me in a random outfit that didn't look like Spider-Man, I would swear to you, this was just infamous. And it's not that it's not the game's fault to an extent that it's like this, but it basically comes down to the fact that, you do start to get the feeling of like, but this is 2018. You know, this feels very reminiscent of even Infamous 1, which was 2009, Seven? 8, not oh, 9. Was... It was 9 because uh, there was two years between it and Infamous 2, which was 2011. Um, so, you know, when you're when you're going over those things, it gets hard to ignore those because you do feel like the game, even though it's the best first entry of a game I've ever seen in a, in a superhero franchise, um, it doesn't learn enough from the previous games to push it where I thought it would be. Yeah. That's not necessarily fair to the game, I guess, but I was hoping for that. And some of that comes down to the way that the game was hyped. Um, and I think it was on Sony to be smart about hyping a game in certain ways when they, I don't know. It's, you gotta love that about impressions. It's all so specific. Subjective. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> subjective to everybody. So I guess now we will give a 10 second spoiler break well hold on, let me let me have some closing thoughts real quick oh, um, sorry go ahead because i felt like people are gonna think i'm too hard on the game the game is absolutely fantastic if i was to rate the game out of a like on a rating scale i don't typically do that but it'd be an eight it'd be a solid buy if i was forced an eight two and eight point five yeah and then if i'm gonna say how fun the game is like how how, is how much the, how how like looking back at the gameplay the traversal everything and how fun i at the amount of fun i had to be like a nine it's just the pacing issues with the overall story issues that I had with it brought it down to an eight uh, for sure. Uh, but we will do a 10 second silent uh, spoiler warning this time. This way, if you're watching in a car, if you're, you know, you got to exit out, it gives you enough time and we'll start now. All right, last chance. If you don't want the game to be spoiled for you in any form or fashion, leave now. Uh, with that being said, Saul, I want to reiterate some of my points, and I think that you would probably back up on some of them too. When we're talking about pacing, what was your biggest problems with what the game introduced into the story that didn't need to be there or moments that you feel like just drag, like drug it down? Well, first of all, like playing as Mary Jane or Miles, like you said, is one of them. Like When Miles' dad died, I felt like that was a meaningful time to play as Miles because it was like getting there is the thing. Uh, and Mary Jane, as I said, when you're at Grand Central Station and you are, uh, you have Spider-Man near you and you are literally telling Spider-Man where to take down bad guys. That it was is, fun. It is literally the best use. I wish that the rest of the times that you played as that would have been like that. Comparing those two times and like, I can't really think of another one of Miles that wasn't a stealth. I don't think there was one. I don't think one. there was two, two Miles sections, right? No, there's three. 
There's one. At, there's that one. There's one on the way to feast when you need to take down drones, and then there's one where he's sneaking around in like one of those. Yep, you're yeah, you're right. You're right. And then like so like I really wish that in terms of Miles as a character, I'm glad we got to see him. And I, I guess that is the only appropriate way to show Miles like when you're not playing as him because you know, it is Miles Morales. He is Spider Man at one point. Um, or a he is a Spider Man. Yeah, uh, which you actually do see in this game as a cut scene at the end, which is well, really actually, really cool. Any Crimson Spider. I mean, I'm not too sure. That, Scarlet Spider. Scarlet Spider. I'm saying there's so many um, renditions now that it's hard to keep track of them all. But uh, Doc Ock was a really cool bad guy. Like, in terms of, like, the nice. build-up to Doc Ock, you kind of knew where it was going. You kind of see his character progression happen there. Really, really cool the way that was done. Norman Osborn was who I was hinting at at the before spoiler section. Did not know if you would actually see him be Green Goblin. Uh, I was really hoping that it would twist around and, and be, you know, him as the final boss, but it never happened. Um you did get a second really, really cool after credit scene of Harry. Uh, obviously not in uh, Europe. He is locked in uh, the penthouse. For... Which I knew. How did you know that? Oh, dude, whenever she went in there, I was like, why is that locked up? I was like, he wouldn't have gone to Europe. Because the whole... The, well, it's obviously a secret the spider whole, laboratory. That's the whole, why it's all locked up. The whole up. Europe... Oh, I know, but no, I'm, I'm about that. When you see in that, when she goes in there and she's hiding, you can see the little t- chamber he's in. I was like, that looks it too just weird. Looks like a, it looks like a square thing on the wall. Like, nah, man. I knew that... I, I, was like, I was like, he's somewhere. Now, I thought he was in there. I, that wasn't like an absolute, but I was like, I feel like he's in here somewhere because he's... I was like... He's not getting treatment by normal people. He's getting treatment because the treatment is considered unethical. He's, it's happening specifically. Yeah, from and I do like the reason Osborne. they went with because that, that is the amazing like. Aside from the movie Amazing Spider-Man, that is like the traditional way for those that don't know about uh, Green Goblin. There is this Osborne curse that is just this weird hereditary thing that, it, depending on where you're watching, where you're reading, it's either uh, Norman that has it or his mom. And this it was his mom, and now Harry has it. So, obviously, we're going to get Green Goblin, which I think is going to set up for a good sequel. Um, Here's what's crazy about that, though. If we're talking about that scene real quick. What's up What's up with the, the black substance moving over? Is that, is it, is, does that look like it's teasing Venom to you almost? No, no. That looks like just gunk in the thing. Like, I didn't think that was the same thing. No, no, no. But he put his hand there and then looked away, and then it floats over and, like, touches on it, too. Like after he, after he starts to walk away, it like reaches out like a hand. Is that an armor piece? You're Almost like of? it's symbiotic. No, I could probably look up the scene and show you. I was like, "Whoa, what?" Okay, I didn't see that. I was paying attention. It almost makes I don't me wonder that. if they're gonna if they're gonna flip Venom on its head and make Harry be Venom and then make Norman be Green Goblin somehow. I mean, I'd be cool with that. That would be crazy. Yeah. I don't know how it's gonna work, but it's definitely weird to me that that gunk. I mean, because you didn't even see it all at first, and it just kind of moves out and touches the glass. And I was like, "So the Scorpion and Rhino fight sucked." Oh man, the Electro and Vulture fight sucks. So yeah, let's let's talk about the way that the, the gameplay and the story come together to give bad things. So part of it comes down to that the boss fights not, sucked. Not all of them were good. Actually, probably my favorite one was Shocker. Yeah, well, like, not, not my favorite because the, the, it's the, the same, final boss fight wasn't good. it the same. Like if I remember correctly, it wasn't the same as Fisk. Like I don't even remember his fight. Everybody's is the same. That's my biggest problem. Every boss fight in well, the game feels fair, so similar. To be fair, the Sinister Six fights aren't really the same they feel so similar it's always just swing around well like, get off the ground swing around hold l1 r1 to throw something back at somebody and then hit them while they're in their 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 you know whatever stage when they're knocked out stunned or whatever stunned, web yeah. stage yeah i mean and yeah there there's a there's a formula that is repeated a lot yeah that's what i mean uh, you know, like not a lot of people know you can kill scorpion in one shot just have rhino hit him like web oh. him up and then have rhino ram into him um which is interesting yeah i didn't know um, that either but see, same same basic thing is that you're, and I get it's utilizing this thing, but 
I feel like they should have gone out of their way to make sure every boss fight had what was very mechanically different, so, and they didn't always do that. For those that watch the podcast or watch or, or know us, like we've, I think I've said it on Twitch, I think I've said it on the podcast, I know I've said it on uh, in Discord. If they would have done with what I thought they would have done originally, this game would have been better. If the Sinister Sticks all had five hours of a story to tell between each one of them, this game would have been better. Doctor, or not, not Doctor, Mr. Negative did not need that much story. As a matter of fact, he was probably the weakest part of all of these characters, in my opinion, because, like, I felt for him because of, his, like, his, his parents. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, okay, you're trying to spin a dynamic with him versus Osborn, and you're doing the same thing with Doc Ogg versus Osborn. This is getting ridiculous. This is, like, it's it's the same story you're telling and me. And which one, and now, don't get me wrong, I like Doc Ock, but even Doc Ock, they spent so much time on Mr. Negative that I didn't even feel as... Doc Ock should have been the main one. You should have spent the most time with him in terms of development as a villain and not yes. Mr. Lee because Doc Ock and Mr. Lee, Martin Lee, they're the same person. They're the same. The story is the exact same. They were betrayed by Osborne, so they would kill Osborne. Well, what's more dumb about that even then is why would Martin Lee even be with uh, with Doc Ock when Doc Ock was right there beside Norman whenever the events that happened that took away Martin or that, that made Martin the way he is – he was right there. He was part of that. And why, how does, is, why is he working with, with Doc Ock now? Well, what's, what's even crazier is that... So they don't go those, into that. They could have. For those that don't know, E3 2018, that whole prison sequence is like 17 hours into the story. It's, it's, it's at the very end. I would say 17, like 15 hours. It's super late. What and makes I, me, I, I, it's funny that you said, and I really will agree with you, Playing through that whole segment when they when they first start going is way more fun than any of the boss. Even fight. that, like the game when that when that prison sin, or prison breakout starts to the end is good. If that entire game was like that, it'd be much higher on my radar right now. But my, my biggest issue is is that first of all, Martin Lee and uh, uh, Doc Ock are the same character. They have the same reasonings for hating same, Osborne. Same motivation. The biggest thing is that the time slowdowns with the story focusing too much on Mister Lee, who you don't really care about that much because you're led up with Fisk first, then you're left up with Shocker, then you're left up with Lee. By then you're six hours in, and then now you have to start six to seven hours of nothing but Mister Lee stuff, which is kind of cool in terms of like a backstory. But in reality, I I feel like the marketing was a little misleading. If I'm being honest, yeah. I think that they put a little bit too much into Sinister Six than what was really in the game. Yeah. Well, see, you show Sinister Six is the last big thing you're going to show before the game's release, and then you don't do anything with the Sinister Six. Oh, yeah. there's. It's like the game hits. It's like it, it builds very haphazardly and very choppily to the Sinister Six. Then it's awesome when they first announce it. Like and you're like, oh, is this where the game's going to be really getting going on the pacing? You know what? And as soon as they do that, you're like, oh, wait, I, I, get, to, I get to fight the whole Sinister Six as 2-2-1-1? Two, two, one, and one? Well, you know what really makes me mad is that... Why do they couple the boss fights together? That's what I was getting into. No, the only benefit I could see from it is that it made the boss fights where you're having to deal with two different dynamics at the same time, but it was never even that hard. Here's what's worse. Answer me this. Does Spider-Man, Peter Parker, does he ever talk to Rhino one-on-one? -on -one? No, because you know who does? Miles in the in the stealthy, stealthy seat missing. Why was that Miles? Why could that not be Spider-Man going there to get the antibiotics? Like, why couldn't Peter Parker be like, oh, I'm calling up Spider-Man to go help me out? Or why couldn't Miles, like, see Spider-Man and be like, why couldn't I do this? You don't even see Rhino as Peter Parker, like, alone. You see him at the prison break when he busts in or whatever, yeah. but you don't get to see him past that. There's no mini-boss fight up there, like yep. there is with Electro. You get to take down all Electro's generators while he's there and before the boss fight couple. Um, Vulture... Uh, not really, but he's kind of there. Scorpion, you have like a whole like acid trip mission you have to go on with him, which was really cool of a mission. Exactly. 
why didn't why didn't every character get why something didn't every like character that? have a signature mission like that? That's yes. my big problem. That was here, such a cool mission. The one thing for Miles is that this was contingency plan. They have to build Miles up as a character that they want him to be for him to for it to matter in, the, in an upcoming game. Oh no, of course they do. But so, my if, issue is, if, is that they could have done that in better ways spent I, with him than maybe, stealthy maybe, sneaks. Maybe, but, but I do sneak sneaks. But him, I do get the point of putting a mortal person at the time. And it's like okay, well. Once he gets the powers, he already has the character to do this. Well, right? would it have been much more like emotionally attaching if it was Mr. Lee doing that to him? Like he knows him now at this point; it's his boss. Wouldn't it have been better for them to, him to put him in peril? Well, he didn't know Mr. Lee at that point. Mr. Lee had already left the country, so technically, it's oh his yeah, boss, I guess you're right. It's really, yeah. Aunt May that's his boss. I guess um, you're true. Our, oh yeah, speed away, Aunt May. She died. Like what? That's not that surprising. I mean, it kind of is. And again, because this is okay, there, and this is actually a problem. I wish I would have said this during the non-spoiler part, but here we are. Uh, I it may sucks. I get way. a little tired of all. I get why they're trying to do it, and they try and play off of this. Can't be every superhero thing tries to do is eventually. Of uh, you can't be everywhere at once because nobody knows who you are. So it's you're trying to balance between not being somewhere as Peter, but being somewhere as Spider Man, and you just or like Batman does. It's where it's like, well, it's not about Bruce because nobody knows. Who, it, it's more about the fact that it's like in Batman they always use the. Well, there's two. Joker takes these people, and they're in two different locations, and you only have enough time to save one. That was what's in Batman. Do? It's been in every Spider-Man movie since. Sure, ever since two Spider-Man two from Sam Raimi, it's been in every Spider-Man. Sure, it's like a at least at some point there's an argument about like why can't you be here? Because I'm Spider-Man, I gotta be over here or whatever, you know. Yeah, they don't say that, it, but that, you're, you're dealing with that. It. What's that's what happens in this game? Which, to be honest, it's not a big pet peeve of mine. I love the first three Spider-Man movies. I love Amazing Spider-Man one and two. I think those are fine movies. Like yeah. they're not bad. They're fun to watch. They're fun. Yeah, I'll say they're, I'll, I won't say they're great, but they're fun. But this game tells the story in such a weird way. Give me a, give me an entire story synopsis right now without it being confusing. There's not a way to do it. You know, you're Peter Parker. Um, like the, the story goes in so many different ways because it like it really webs itself together. To a conclusion that was really satisfying. The last boss fight was really good, especially the down the building part. That was acting, done the acting really, was really good. Really good. Yeah, um, I like that too. I'll be damned if the boss fight doesn't work like all the others, where he throws something at you, you grab it, you spin it, you, you do that three, exactly. four times. Saying, every boss. That's what I'm saying. Every boss fight is very, very, very reminiscent of each other. But like the story synopsis of this game, the the story. Like this has always been like my almost tried to test to know if a story is just doing too much, do too much is just to ask what the synopsis is. Like, give me a rundown of what the story is. There's no simple explanation for that. You can say Spider-Man being Spider-Man, like, well, look, going he, after Martin Lee, but then like it becomes so much more than that. It's really not during that. that time. If you really wanted to say the story synopsis, I mean, if you wanted to say a synopsis, the point would be it would be a spoiler first of all. Well, sure. If you want to use it, the real one, because realistically, it's well, what's the story synopsis? Well, Spider Man goes through a Spider Man goes through a bunch of harrowing events that eventually lead to the Sinister Six coming out, and he has to try and stop the Sinister Six. But the game spends so little time on the Sinister Six that it feels. Uh, it feels it, just, that, that's not the true plot it of feels the story. Un, it, it, feel, it feels like. Uh, di- Disingenuous to say that that's the story because like it, felt, like it felt more like it was revolved around Mr. Negative than the Sinister Six. Yeah, it's just, you spent twice as much time with Mr. Negative, it felt like, than the Sinister Six. Yeah, and I don't know if it was true, but it was definitely from a feeling it felt perspective. Like it, yeah, yeah. And, and that might have been because of the bad pacing. And it where could be, yeah. The pacing keeps making you feel like, oh God, why is it taking so long? I will say all the side stuff in this game is done pretty well. The Sable outposts are really challenging, really annoying to do, in my opinion. But the backpacks, the landscapes, the Black Cat missions, all of those are 
fun. Like, and I mean legitimate fun. I had fun going to each black cat station and trying to find, you know, the, the little hidden uh, cat. Got I a little going, tiring at a little bit into it, but it's still a good idea, and I like the backpack as a collectible The backpack thing. was fun. The, 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 the landscapes were really fun because you could take a picture mid-swing through yeah, the air. I love that. Just, you didn't have to stop what you were doing. Yeah. I just feel like that this game, like, I will recommend... I don't want people to think about how much I'm talking about it to be a, like a bad game. No, I will tell you to go buy this game at 60 bucks. This game's worth it at 60 bucks. Absolutely worth 60 bucks. Uh, it's worth it, and it, it's it's worth to play through a couple times throughout you know years. I don't think it's a one-and-done kind of game. I think that it'll at least be fun to go back to an adventure at least one more time, especially New Game Plus. Um, I may actually play it again for New Game Plus. We'll see. It's just I, did, I need some time away from it before that. I feel the I same way. You, you, See, I, not, I went through the grind. Yeah, I went, I'm not platinuming it. For those in Discord who are expecting me to platinum it for the collage, um, don't. <laughs> because I'm not going to platinum it. It became too much of a grind at the end that it was not fun. And then, hence, I broke my platinum roll. It yep. has to be fun to get. It, it suffered the same problems as Second Son, which is uh, poor poor side content. Lots of, yeah. like no, I wouldn't say poor. I would just say grindy. I would, I I would. say lengthy. Yeah, but it's poor because and, and part of it comes in. What's so funny I don't think is it's a all, lot of people don't think about the platinum, but it's it, not meant to be all done at once, though. Like that's the problem that a lot of people think that go into in their trophy hunting is that they they're getting all done at once and they think it's bad because they're doing it all at once. But reality, reality, like if you were to do it like in between each story mission, do a sable outpost, it wouldn't be that. Bad. Oh, I did that a lot though because oh, okay. the game gave you that, but it's still super grindy. Oh no! And because you I can't will say even the, do it all when you want to, right? The problem is that some of the things that you have to do are introduced so late in the game that you wouldn't have time to do in between story missions unless you de- dedicated a ton of time to it. So either way, you're going to hit a point well, where it starts to feel grindy. Yeah, that's how I picked up all my collectibles. Basically, when it was like, we're going to do this, I'm like, I don't want to go upgrade my skills right now. I don't want to go grind out like criminals or whatever, like the... Um what is it called? Like the nine one one alerts, the crime, crime, cr- yeah, crime alerts. I would just go find backpacks or go do black cat. As a matter of fact, when black cat became a thing, uh, I think by like the second one I did, she was like, "I have a suit for you." I'm like, "I'm gonna do all these right now to go get that suit." And it was fun. It was fun to do it. But then late game, I still have to wipe out like however many sable posts and all that stuff, you know. But I will, I will tell anybody right now to just summarize it. It is a fantastic game. It's very flawed in my opinion, but it is. So good. I it's, guess I felt the responsibility for us to to say a little bit of the problems because you hear everybody else just ignoring a lot of them. Not everybody, but a lot of people are ignoring like, them. I felt like, it, and it's kind of tried and true with a couple of exclusives, uh, like Bloodborne. Like, there's problems with Bloodborne too. Um, but it's just one of those things that's like, I, I don't want to be disingenuous when I'm reviewing a game of any kind or imp- like giving my impressions on anything. I want to give like how I really feel. And, like, that's how I really feel. Like, the pacing issues are massive, but, boy, was the game fun. Like, it's one of those experiences that I will always say that gameplay can outbeat the story as long as the game's fun nine times out of ten. This is one of those ga- times where the pacing was just a little too bad that even even by the end, I was I felt aware towards the end. Then it got picked up for the rest of the game. So it was very climactic at the end. It was almost like a... A steady line followed by a dip every now and then, and then shot way up, and then the game ended. And it ended on a high note, which was good. If yes. it ended on any lower note than that, there'd be a massive problem with how I thought this game was. Absolutely. And the post credit scenes were real fun. So The post credit scenes were really good. So Yeah, it's good. Anyway, if you've beaten the game, let us know. Which, I mean, if you're here, you've beaten the game. So let us know what your thoughts were on Spider-Man. I know that it sounds like we were being super harsh on it. I loved it. I, uh, I loved it, too. Do not let this criticism misconstrue you i love the game and uh 
Just not a game of the year contender like I was hoping it to be. I think that's where my exactly. disappointment comes I have from. a hard time seeing how this is a game of the year contender for people. Now, of course, everything's subjective. If this really seems like the perfect game to you, that's awesome. I'm not trying to take anything away from it. Insomniac did a great job going this far out of their normal comfort zone. Um, this is a little more in line with what you saw from their Xbox exclusive and uh, Sunset Overdrive, but this is still quite different from them. Um, and I'm proud of them. I, I'm really excited to see what they yeah, get Yeah, congratulations, Insomniac. So, like, it's impressive. But until next game that we end up doing these impressions on, or at least until the next Triangle Squid episode, we will see you guys next time. Saul, anything else? That's it. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks to our patrons for supporting us. Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12, My Name is Dan, Noonie Bird, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino. If you'd like to support us, uh, the links are in the description. Thank you.